Hey, welcome to the Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live, the first one of the year. Happy New Year, everybody. What's up, Brian? What's going on, guys? Ladies, gentlemen. Ladies, nation. gentlemen. Amen, a women, whatever's out there for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll not touch yeah. that one. Yeah, what's going on, man? Did you have a good uh, New Year's weekend? You in any trouble? Oh, man, uh, I had my daughter. She was me in a barn or a horse all again, so. Oh, yeah. I guess New Year's Eve she went horseback riding and she's convinced that that's the that's the life for her. So, okay. no more professional angling dreams. Well, a TOC money got spent well on a horse. I'm trying to hold strong, but uh, I don't know. We we got a little farm, so might as well might as well throw a yeah. horse on there at some point. I got you. Good stuff. I had a good weekend because you know. My boys Man, handle business. We were talking back and forth during that game. That was uh, that was wild. I, I didn't see it heading down that road. <laughs> no, no. I was I was just hoping not to get roasted too bad. Then they hung in there and uh, did the deal. So we'll see how it goes next Monday. So they can keep it close. You got any bets? You, you putting any cash on it or? No, no. no. <laughs> I'm nervous <laughs> enough already. I'm nervous enough already on the games. I can't be betting on. It. That's wild. Uh, if you're gonna beat Alabama, though. You do it throwing a football. That's how. That's how you beat Alabama. It's not by trying to run it down their throat. So, maybe yeah. a good. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have all my lucky charms out. Got my my lucky snuggie, my hat, hoodie, whatever I need to pull out. Don't, Post don't judge me. Right. the snuggie, please. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's undefeated, really. When I when I wear it the whole game. Knock on wood. I think Jim's probably got a snuggie too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing big going on with this quick New Year. I mean, we still don't have a bass schedule. Uh, Got our fingers crossed for that. I mean, that's rumor is though, Jeff, it's coming. It's coming. It's close. It's coming. It's close. It's coming. That's what our football coaches used to always say every year at Arkansas. Here, they'd be two and ten. It's close. We're getting close to being good. That's what uh, all four of our coaches have said in the last ten years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a guy on YouTube saying hello from Jersey. He just asked to join the Facebook group. He doesn't really do Facebook. Well, that's okay. You're probably better off over there on YouTube. So appreciate you. <laughs> YouTube's a safer spot, man. Appreciate you, Burn. Uh, what else is going on, man? First uh, Hobie series coming up. Yeah, we're uh, we got the house house booked up the other day. Ready to head to Seminole and hopefully hopefully catch some fish. I know Shane and Dave they've been down there poking around trying to trying to win pre fishing again this year. I saw Barton and Matthew Van got out there. They're uh, they're getting ready, so yeah. I don't know. They, it's gonna be fun. Did they come up and fish that last year? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, one of them, I can't remember if it was Brandon or Matthew. One of them caught a freaking giant on a drop shot. I think like a twenty three and a half or something crazy on a drop shot. Wow, <laughs> those salty wow. boys out there throwing shrimp and shit. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have more tournament news and stuff happening before long. Right now, we're kind of in the the off season, right? Is that what they yeah, call it? Yeah, yeah. Off season. But uh, we did have some tournament news this week. And that's our why we have this guest we have coming up, Jason Gardner from the new Elite Kayak Fishing Series up there in the Northeast. So Elite, Elite. I like the name. Maybe we'll get some background on that. Okay, okay. Background on that, but we'll get him in here in just a minute. Uh, let me 
We'll press pause for a second. We'll get Jason in here and then have some fun talking to him about this new series. Be right back, y'all. Yeah, let's go. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They're independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. All right. What's up, Jason? Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, how'd you like that commercial, Ryan? Was that pro or what? I like it, man. I was watching it. I was like, caught up in the moment. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're trying to do Very things cinematic. Trying to earn our, Very trying cinematic. to earn our keep. <laughs> trying to earn our keep. Katie's already dropping the links, but yeah, man, Jason Gardner, thanks for taking the last minute invite. We just saw your your release of this new series just a few days ago, so able to squeeze you in here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you having us on. So tell Let's us about. It. How, I mean, we know how it happened. So for a long time, Northeast has been saying you know kind of getting ignored like you, you guys will get one or you know two big events up there every year and it's what 16 hours or so for, for you to yeah. travel to some other events so, i mean i think it's kind of only a natural progression that somebody stepped up and put something together up there yeah it's something that we really wanted to do last year and then you know when covid hit and kind of schedules got changed we had to kind of abandon it but you know when I, when you know it was something i had talked to, to actually ken wood about and uh and when I was talking to him about it, he was telling me that Justin Hosner in New York um, actually proposed, he and Ken and some other people had proposed this idea like years ago, but it, they all got gung-ho, but it kind of never really kind of fizzled out. Nothing ever happened. And so when I brought it up to, to Ken and he talked to me about it, you know, we, we kind of talked uh, off and on during the off season and, and said we were going to run with it. And, um, and then this year, you know, we, you know, even we got through the whole COVID issue and all that stuff. And, we just said, uh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and do it, right? Where we waited for the schedules to come out for Hobie. We kind of waited for the KBF schedule to get out, um, and then uh, kind of worked our schedule in around it. But you know, we're we have we've we've been ignored a lot up here, um, and and you know, understandably, right? I mean, the the South and uh, for the most part has always been where a majority of these tournaments happen, right? I mean, it's it's where angling and, and um, you know, bass and MLF and all those guys, I mean, it's, it's where they focus. And, um, you know, you fish all year round and up here we don't. Um, but, you know, we've got a, we got some great anglers up here, right? You got Matt Conan and Brundle and, um, you know, Ken Wood and Joe Dedeo and, you know, Russell Johnson and Harshman and all these, all these guys up in the Northeast and, and, um, you know, and obviously the farther north and east you get where I am up in Maine, I mean, any trip is a long trip, right? I mean, you know, South Carolina, looking at Lake Murray is 17, 18 hours, right, to get to a to a trail event. And, you know, all the Hobie events, you know, you, you look at uh, Erie last year. And for me to get to Erie, it's it's 14 hours each way. And when you're factoring in costs and, and you know, looking at what you can cash, right? I mean, you you look at min cash and you look at the high cash and, and Try to figure out you know where you think you can go and what's cost effective and you know the, the farther you travel the harder it is so you know we just want to give some guys uh in our region a chance to to compete at a higher level um without having to travel that far yeah you know you guys kind of under the radar pull big numbers when there are events close by so what kind of yeah. attendance are you expecting for these events up there um you know i always i always go low like uh, you know i, I when i was talking to Ken and, and Adam Rourke, who's the other guy 
that that's really helping us out. You know, when when I was talking to them, I was hoping for like 60, 70 guys, right? Just because we still do have COVID issues and some travel restrictions and stuff up here. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, the more that excitement that builds and the more people that we kind of talk to about it, you know, I, I think it's realistic that we can hit the hundred, the hundred mark on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, all our, all the KBF events, when they come up here, we were, you know, anywhere from 80 to 130, 140 people attending those events. And I don't see any reason why we can't pull those numbers again. What, uh, what kind of entry fees y'all looking at for the series? Um, you know, we, we went back and forth on that. Like, you know, we, we really wanted the higher, we wanted a middle ground between like a, like a KBF trail event and a Hobie Bass open, but we ended up bringing it down a little bit. We went to 125 for the, uh, for the regular events. Um, and then uh, the championship event, um, we really struggled with two. Um, we're going to go to 175. We wanted more, but um, it's our our event is three weeks before the KBF National Championship. And when we looked at people, you know, if we went to a 250 or $300 entry fee, and then we didn't want people to not do that because they, you know, had this big trip planned where they were going for a week and spending a lot more money, right, to travel and, and hinder that. So, uh so we just went with the uh, with the 175. How long a trip is that for the for the natty for y'all to get uh, to Shreveport? For me, it, I think last time the last time we went, it was the drive time. When you map it, is like 27 hours. But I, yeah, we we actually stopped at we actually stopped in Nashville and stayed at my buddy's house and then made the trip the rest of the way the next morning. But but yeah, I mean it's a it's a long haul. So gosh, I probably yeah, would have just stayed in Nashville. Actually, yeah, I know. You know. Pass on that one. Yeah, I I said I wasn't gonna go this year, but you know, I Cato Lake, man. I mean, it's I, I loved being on that, and you know, the more I thought about it, as it as it kept going, I keep now I'm talking myself into going. So, in um, the springtime, you know, that bite was awesome. I don't know how comparable the bite is in the fall, but that that spring right. bite was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good place, man. I pre-fished everywhere and said I wasn't gonna fish Cato, and then um, struggled every place else and ended up on Cato. So, yep. 35 hours all told, Kenwood says. I don't know what yeah, that is. I think, just, yeah. Yeah. I think I that was went with stops and all that stuff along the way, you know, stopping for gas and food and all that stuff. So, Who who has the worst, you think, Ryan? The West Coast guys or the Northeast guys? I'm not, I was bad at geography. How long does it take those uh, guys? I mean, the Northeast guys have those accents and the attitudes. <laughs> the California guys are pretty just weak and, you know, lispy. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. It's gonna more natural disasters are are in California, so you got to factor that in. But you know, overall, it seems like the Northeast guys tend to cash more checks than the Cali guys. Well, but I was really just asking who you think has to drive further. But I appreciate that deep analysis. <laughs> I don't of care. Who has to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make it personal, Jeff. I like that. Yeah, uh, those guys catch the same kind. Of, well, I shouldn't say catch heat get as heated when the KBN rankings get released because they don't ever have anybody in there either. Cause they can't, yeah. they just can't travel nationally. <laughs> you know, and I feel bad every time the last couple of years, Jay, Jason, and I but actually traded some DMS about that. This yeah. could be the answer right here. If you guys have, you know, a pretty, pretty solid attended series, then boom, there you go. Yeah. We'll I, I really one hit wonders. Yeah, all of our trails up here, you know, the the local trails, we're all growing so fast that I, I don't see how we can't pull 100. I mean, I I think I'll be disappointed if we don't pull a minimum of 100 at each event. But, you know, my even my small trail, the one that we run here, you know, 
five years ago when I first started fishing, we were like six, six or eight people fishing in a tournament. Right. And that was if everyone showed up and, you know, last year, um, you know, so four years later, we were upwards of, you know, I think we had 30 members. Um, I think this year we'll be upwards of 40 to 50, you know, which is, you know, for, for this area in such a short amount of time, it just shows the, the growth and the potential that we have up here. And, and Ken Wood in Mass is the same way. He's running two divisions now, an east and a west side, because his events, he'd open his events up and they'd sell out in two minutes. Um, you know, we're limited here based on uh, permits. So, uh, so he had to open up another division just to get more people to fish. And, you know, all the areas up here are, are kind of doing the same thing. So um, I, I don't What's see any What's the geography reason. like on the, like how far... How, you know, you've got your schedule out. So what, yep. what's the furthest like distance event to event or whatever? So we tried to keep it so it was a day's drive at a, at a maximum. I think for me, the longest, which obviously would be for them because we're having one event in Maine. I think uh, for me, it's Hopic Tong in New Jersey. And I think it's like, I want to say it's like seven hours or something like that. Um, I think to Cayuga was the same. I think it's like six, six and a half hours. And those are the two furthest events. So obviously our event will be the furthest for those guys. Um, Winnipesaukee for me is an hour and a half and then Champlain is probably four and a half, five hours. So really not that far. Oh God. I got is, is, uh, what is it? Hop along. Is that where, uh, Ike had his charity event this year? Yeah, that's where he was supposed to go this year. I don't know if he actually ended up having it there or not, yeah, but that's I where he was it, supposed to go. I don't know if that got pushed or not. I thought I remembered hearing that, that lake name mentioned though. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it was supposed to be. I uh, threw the schedule up there. Man, we got to get these DMs out the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DM and Jeff. Yeah. Man, come on. Yeah, we'll try. I'm trying to throw the schedule up there to uh, let you break that down as far as, you know, the lake names are there, but what kind of the breakdown of the states? Where are those, where are those yeah, lakes so at and kind of geography behind those? Hopic Tongs in New Jersey. Um, you know, it was basically when we considered what we want, the, you know, the Northeast, right? I mean, Pennsylvania and Ohio are in there, but I don't think they really classify themselves as being Northeast. Um, you know, so we, we did the cutoff New York, New Jersey area. So, you know, we went the furthest South we could. Um, the original plan was to run that in April because being the furthest South, we figured it would be the, uh, the first place to open up water. Um, but uh, they're fighting some pretty severe COVID restrictions there. Um, the state won't even talk to them about permits. So um, we kind of moved them to July. Um, Cayuga, um, they, uh, that's in New York, uh, that place, uh, up by the Finger Lakes, um, that place is, is incredible, especially the time of year we have it. I think, uh, it was several years ago. I know that KBF actually had an event on there. It was, um, around the same time of year and, um, you know, talking to, to people, I think like Ken would put up like 87 inches or something like that, that day and finish 17th. Um, but, uh, you know, and I think it was mid to high nineties what ended up taking it. So, um, you know, it should be right pre-spawn for them up there um, in early May. So um, expect big numbers from them. Um, Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Um, we've had a couple of events there. Um, I think there's been, I think three KBF events there now, two or three. Um, but uh, for New Hampshire, um, you know, it's really the biggest body of water they have. And um, that has multiple launches. One thing that we struggle with in, in Maine and New Hampshire is launches. Most places, um, since there's really uh, big on conservation, only have like one launch. Um, and so to try to think you're gonna get a hundred people at one launch is, is asinine. So um, so obviously we went with uh, with Lake Winnipesaukee. We've done well there. It's got 
um, big largemouth, big smallies. Um, there, there is a lot of boat traffic on Winnipesaukee, but every time we've had an event there, I know personally I haven't had an issue. Um, there are a lot of bass boat events on there as well, um, so it, it just made sense. And then um, we're having an event uh, back on Lake Mesolonsky in Maine. Um, we went back to Mesolonsky. We had the, the super trail there for uh, for KBF last year. Um, had a great turnout. Um, I think we were 70-something, which um, was, was more than I was expecting because um, anyone coming to Maine had to take a COVID test before they came here, so a lot of people just weren't coming. Um, so to still be able to pull 70, um, we were pretty happy with. And, uh, you know, Mesolonsky, same thing. There's, there's some huge smallmouth and, uh, and largemouth in there. Uh, MLF has gone there before. Um, so uh, there's at least three public launches plus the site that we're having the event at um, gives us full range of there. So there's another site there and there's some side of the road stuff as well. But, uh, but we, uh, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, we really, I really wanted to have an event on great pond in Maine. It's really the best, um, the best Molly fishery that we have, but there are, there are two launches in that, on that place. And, um, but it, it's not unheard of to go there and catch five and a half and six pound smallies on great pond. Vesolonsky's right next door. Um, and uh, you can still find five pound smallmouth there. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's a good day, especially when you don't have to drop shot them. <laughs> Are you guys allowing electric motors in this trail? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're not. Uh, we're not taking the motors away. You know, whatever. You know, just come and fish. Not having membership fees, right? I mean, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we all have all of our trails up here. Typically, because we got to pay for permits and stuff, have membership fees. You know, a lot of the other KBF bass have membership fees. We just want people to come out and fish, so we're uh, we're at no membership fees. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Describe the the fishing environment up there. I mean, you know, a lot of people know about the southeast and Texas and Florida and all that kind of stuff, but. There was a reason that you Northeast guys can come down South and seem to do so well. Uh, describe the, the cover and, and the kind of lakes you're, you're fishing up there. So most of the places up here, and, and I, I would say almost every place I've ever fished is, is crystal clear water. I mean, it's uh, we don't have like that chocolate milk stuff that you find in other places or, or really murky water up here. At least I haven't anyway. Um, and uh, you know, there's, there's tons of grass. I mean, tons, every place you go, it's grass and rocks. Right. And uh it's one or the other and that's where you'll always find fish up here so um you know it's it's funny you know we get a lot of new people that come out here and they're like man how do you decide where you're gonna fish and it's it's literally just that you just find grass find rocks you'll find fish and um it's just a matter of uh you know if you can if you're gonna pound the bank up here you're probably not most places you're probably not gonna do that great but if you can if you can get comfortable enough fishing anywhere from you know nine to to 17 18 feet you know or 25 feet if you're willing to drop shot and stuff then uh then you'll find fish um you know you'll find some bigger fish especially in the warmer in the uh the warmer water you know once uh once water temps get high here the fish will, will sit in 25 feet look at that sun- man's name go back jeff throw throw that scott one scott look there are three z's in that man's last name <laughs> no you know he can catch them. <laughs> yeah right Dang, yeah. he clean it's funny he talks to the yeah, he talks about catching a hundred smallies at Winnie. The the first time I ever set foot on there, um, you know, was for this. Uh, it was the first time I ever traveled for an event. It was uh, it was like twenty eight people, and I went to Winnipesaukee, and I just picked a launch and and I pre fished it for like an hour because it was almost dark. It was just a train wreck, and and then uh, 
<laughs> I couldn't catch fish. I lost like a, I broke one rod and I lost another one overboard. I mean, I was just, I had no business being out there, but I ended up, uh, I ended up finding this little Island um, and it was covered in rocks. And, and so um, I fished the big Island next to it and came around the corner and, and went to this little rock Island. And, and um, there was another guy that I traveled with that was fishing around the same area. And, we just started throwing green pumpkin senkos there. And I bet between the two of us in the last five hours of that event, if we didn't pull out 60, 70 smallmouth, you know, it was unbelievable. We went from not catching any fish to just finding them all stacked up in, you know, six feet of water. And, um, you know, it, it was a fun day, man. Those things are ferocious out there. I hear they eat senkos. Yeah, they do. I, you know, it's funny. That's all I used to throw. I mean, that, that is it, you know, and it's been an ongoing joke up here, especially in my own trail, because, uh, you know, I could, I could go out fishing and go through eight, 10 bags of Senkos in one fishing trip. And now I can't, you know, last year, I don't think, uh, I don't think after March I threw a Senko. I've, I've tried to, you know, you can catch, you can find fish with Senkos, but, uh, but I'm quickly learning you can find bigger fish on other stuff. So I, I don't know, man, I can't, I can't think of many better days that I've had <laughs> than a good consistent Senko bite, like down yeah. on Gunnersville in the summertime, I find anywhere with shade, anywhere with shade throw a senko yeah. at it and, and you're gonna pull something good out rusty yeah. hook and a senko right right yeah rusty yeah. hook and a senko <laughs> yes you got to put it every every cypress tree you see just know that yeah that's why i was comfortable fishing uh fishing down in louisiana on caddo because that's that was right at the time when i was mostly throwing senkos anyway so uh you know i was pretty comfortable throwing throwing those that's all you did down there until the wind yeah. blew on day two then you could get a spinnerbait out but pretty much yeah. senko city yeah, I was uh, I was lipless. I found lipless actually lipless crankbait early in the morning. Caught like five or six fish in a row on that, and then the bite completely died. And then I went, um, and that was off the trees. And then uh, and then I went into the trees. And yeah, you won't find me with a lipless, especially not down there. I don't like treble hooks. Yeah, I don't either. I've taken enough in the palm of my hand. To... <laughs> uh, Josh Smith said Scott murdered the alphabet. How do you pronounce the man with three Z's last name? You know how to pronounce it, Jason? <laughs> No clue. Okay. Yeah, no, no clue. clue. <laughs> we'll call him Scotty Z. That'll be his name. Scotty Z. Nick Langton. Z Scott. Let me throw this comment up there. Is he talking about you, Jason? Uh, I used to. I, I was man. I got into bait making. Um, I did it because of the cost of senkos. To be honest with you, I bought like a mold, one mold, and like a gallon of plastic. I made a bunch of senkos, and I had a, I had a good time with it. And, and I started making some more senkos, and bought some other. Uh, Bought some other bait and and uh, I really started getting going. Next thing you know, people were like asking to buy bait, and I and I was so busy it was nuts. And uh, you know, I ended up having to give it all up because I just I had no time for my family. And I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, you know, I'm just out in the shed. It's like in the middle of winter. It's you know, ten below zero, and I'm out in a shed with no heat, trying to pour hot plastic into molds. And I mean, I loved it. I mean, I you know, it, there was something about you know catching fish on something you were making, but man i mean it's you know you're not you're not getting rich doing that shit but um but i had a lot of fun doing it and then finally i just had to give it up I, it was just too much time and not really worth the effort for me let's see here clifton we have two might... real questions that were posted yes that's one what's your it's hat? a real tree hat it's a real it's a real tree fishing real tree okay. with the blue okay hashtag sponsored no i'm not not by them <laughs> <laughs> all right we got that one out of the way you got the next one ready jeff what's your other one ryan there's a couple of them on there the nerf gun man yeah okay, okay. oh man gun. 
I'll have to, I'll take a picture of that wall. I built it for my son. I got a huge, like a uh, four by eight foot um, pegboard up there. My son's big into Nerf guns. And, uh, and I built this wall. So he's got his arsenal like uh, along that whole wall. And then uh, I've got my gun safe on the other side with, with the real stuff. Is, I was going to uh, say, that's like the only guns y'all are allowed to have in the Northeast, yeah. isn't it? No. He's, a, he's can, in Maine, we, not New York. Yeah. Not New York. No, we can, uh, we can conceal carry without a permit here. So uh, we're, we're pretty open as far as that goes. Yeah, I assume everyone down here is still carrying all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's always the hard thing for me when I travel is like a lot of times guys are like you know carrying with them, which is great, but I never know where you can, where you can't, and everywhere you know. down here don't even don't even check up, man. Really? Just, yeah, yeah. Just tip don't of, tip of the hat when you tip when you hat, when you get pulled over and you put your beer in the cup holder. Be careful when you open the dash. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. don't want to let the gun fall out. <laughs> I Sorry, <hear> officer. <laughs> Jake Harshman. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jake uh, would have to put his own beer away first before he said anything to you. <laughs> he sets it down on top of your car yeah. when he pulls you over. That's right. <laughs> Where are you right. going so fast there, son? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got a real question about the Elite Series here. Uh, Brian oh, Thomas, let me, it, let me throw it up there. All right. So AOI structure, we're doing ours a little bit different than a lot of people, but it's uh, it's something I did last year, and, and it's how Ken does his trail. So – um we go by inches of fish for points. So if you put up uh, 96 inches, you get 96 points for the event, right? Um, we're gonna take, you know, year one, we got it short, right? We got four events, basically two on the, the western side of the region, two on the eastern side of the region. And, uh, and uh, so basically what we did is we're gonna take people's 10 biggest fish, right? That you catch and that'll be the AOI. So you can call out after two events or if you just fish two events, then what you put up in those two events are, uh, are what you get. And then the, uh, the championship event, and um, Ken will probably correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think, um, I think we said we we're gonna do one and a quarter points for the championship event, right? So to give it a little bit more weight to that championship. So you put up a hundred inches, you get 125 or whatever and add that to it. So um. So that way it'll, uh, you know, it adds a little bit more, more suspense, I guess. And, uh, and somebody that's sitting in fifth place, right. If they turn around and win the, ch win that event, if they were out by, you know, enough points still has an opportunity to go, uh, win that angler of the year title. Yeah. That TOC, they, you know, they did, I think double points or something, huge yeah. shakeups on the, on the AOI deal. That was, that was pretty wild. That was shocking. People that were not I mean, there watching. And I'd already made my mind up that Russ was probably, probably going to win it, you know, in, yeah. in my head. Him, and I know Drew, you know, basically I felt like Drew probably needed to finish in top three or something to lock it up. And it was, uh, it was pretty wild for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And it's funny is Drew was like Nostradamus. He was on here, whatever, a month or two before talking about <laughs> if only this could happen at the TOC. They, yeah. they had a bad event. I had a good one. And he he uh, he did. He called a shot on that one for sure. Yeah. All right, we got a YouTube uh, question for you, man, from Burn. Right. Why only catchboards allowed? Uh, you know, I think that's uh, I think we've beat that to uh, that course, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's right now. I mean, it's, I think it's what's best, right? I mean, we, we're we're doing everything we can to do this right and drama free, right? And and the last thing we want to do is, is deal with that issue. Or and uh, you know, I think it was more of a two when we were looking at it. We we really did go back and forth for a while on it, but I think um, I think we uh, 
at the end of the point, we did, I, I just think we didn't want to have to answer questions on why we allowed it, right? As a when, when you looked at it either way, um, you know, we were going to have either people ask why we it's catch only or why we allowed the board, and it's easier to explain why we're catch only than why we allowed it. Your rules can be in, but your boards won't. That's the motto. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> did you guys see that uh, TikTok video with the wavy board today? On <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. I, I thought we thought it might have been spam when it first got posted, but after further investigation, there was actually some humor to it. Yeah. Yeah. I threw uh, Ken's comment up there real quick. He he clicked in yeah, there and said, broke, down, broke down the points. So. There's basically a points cutoff to get to the championship, not just a number of events or whatever. Yeah, basically we set it. So, you, I mean, you got to average for your best 10 fish, 15 inches of fish, right? I mean, if you can't do that, I mean, how do you say you qualify for a championship if you're full of 12-inch fish, you know, stringers over four events? I mean, we've well, seen it for so, years, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so Come on you know, to the championship. Wanted, yeah. So, you know, we want to we want to include people, right? You know, so – if nothing else, right. I mean, it, if somebody goes out there on, in the first event and they get, you know, have a decent day, but um, you know, maybe they got to call a couple of fish out. It helps participation levels at the other events too, right. It gets people to, to need to go there to qualify for that championship event. And uh, you know, it's the only way this whole thing is going to work is if people are willing to travel within that region and support each other's groups and, you know, uh, you know, nothing, you know, the last thing we want to do is make it too hard to qualify, but we don't want to make it so you get 150 people qualifying for the championship. So, yeah. And um, in addition that. to the points, we're also going to, you know, anybody that finishes in the top 10 of any single event will automatically just go in, right? I mean, if, and then, um, you know, odds are if you're going to fish, you know, Cayuga and you're going to be in the top 10, I mean, you'll, you know, if you're getting 85, 90 inches, it shouldn't be too hard to pull out 60 inches at your next event. So, That's smart. Burn said he's going to borrow his son's catch. No need to laugh. Take that boy's catch. You probably bought it. Get it from him. <laughs> I got plenty of my own. I can lend one out. There you yeah. go. Look at that. Everybody's going that way. I mean, it's just yeah. No, it is. You know, it's the only decent. I mean, currently there. that's the only like metal board that you'll actually have to work to modify uh, yeah. on the market. So uh, I don't. You know, there's not too many other yeah. <laughs> arguments that can be had for it. Yeah. yeah, I got one of the new aluminum, the the X, I think they're called Catch X. I got um, the light, the lighter weight aluminum ones. I got one of them coming in. Uh, you know, those look pretty nice. And, uh, you know, but agree. I think the aluminum ones, the, the ones that make the most sense, um, but we'll accept the other one as well. So the other Catch Carbonite. Okay. Yeah, that yellow one, it doesn't, It I don't know, Jim Jim Clark might argue with me, but I did a video comparing the two. It does not like sneer as much as a, as a hog. Right. If you employ logic and proper mechanics like there's no reason at all why that board can be flexing right. anyway so <laughs> exactly i don't know what it exactly. is now exactly uh, another question about the championship what's the target yeah. number of anglers for the championship you know we were talking about that between ourselves and you know i i'd i don't know you know it's it's really hard to say right i mean it's base. you know we don't know once again if we get 60 anglers at per event or you get 120 anglers per event it's going to really skew that championship number i mean it could be a, a jump i mean i i want to see at least you know i'd like to see at least 50 to 60 guys at the championship i mean when we first talked about this you know we'd like to get to the point where we're we're pulling in enough sponsors and and um 
you know, and things like that, where the championship event can be like a no entry fee type of event where, you know, and um, where it's, where it's bigger money and, and we narrow it down. Right. I mean, it'd be great if you had a championship event that was a no entry fee and it was only the top 25 people went and fished it. Right. And uh, you know, really that's kind of what we envision, but realistically getting off and getting started. I mean, it, it's hard finding people to invest and, and to, uh, to invest in something like that when you haven't proven anything yet. So, you know, we're, we're going to go this route and, and, you know, uh, as things grow, you know, we'll adjust if we need to, but I don't want to get to the point where we're changing things every year. You know, you need to have a set, you know, a set model and kind of, and work it. Let's see. Yeah. Jake, Jake asked if someone wins an event, is that not an automatic championship invite? It is. Yeah. I mean, any, any top 10. So, you know, somebody like, you know, one of the Pennsylvania guys comes up to New Jersey and qualifies, you know, finishes in the top 10, then yeah, they're qualified into the championship, uh, you know, and, and that, that was part of that reason why, right. You know, when, when we were looking at events, you know, we, we're not open to expanding outside of where we are right now. Right. But we wanted to keep it, keep it somewhat reasonable. Um, and, and part of the reason for having that New Jersey event is, is because of somebody from Maryland or, or, or uh, you know, Ohio or something like that, right. The Ohio, isn't that far from Cayuga. If one of those guys wants to come over and try to qualify to come fish Champlain, then more power to him. Um, just need to finish, fish that top 10 and, uh, and then you don't have to worry about traveling again. Nice. Shoot your shot. Are there any requirements for your tournament? Uh, as far as kayaks go, any length, like the length of the kayak, this person's fishing out of a, Oh no, he's fine out of the Flint. No, that's fine. I mean, we'll just go with like, you know, you know, the standard kayak equipment, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to get into, right. I mean, I, I guess if you want to follow what KBF's doing, right. I mean, it, you know, blue sky boat works. I got my opinions on those. Right. But I mean, someone's got one, they're allowed in the other trails, the more they're welcome to come fish our trails. Well, you know, you're you can... probably more at a disadvantage if you're in a blue sky than anything. So yeah. Off. Yeah. yeah say, I mean, if you're fishing out of a new canoe, there's no way you can limit yourself. Is there? <laughs> well, not any more than you did with your purchase. And it's funny because I actually want a blue sky. Like if I had a little cabin somewhere and I never had to take it out of the water, I'd love to put one out there and just use it just to go fun fishing or something like put that. Put a motor on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Put a motor on it. And, uh, you know, because I think I could get my kid out on that with me and, you know, a little bit easier. He doesn't, he's a little nervous. He doesn't fish much anyway, um, but he, he likes to sit in. He gets nervous on the sit on tops. But I think if I had something like that where it's big and, and wide and stable, I think he'd, uh, he'd get on that and fish. So. What's uh what's Steve throwing at you over there, Ryan? In the comments. I don't know. He's telling me not to be logical or something. I don't know. You gotta <laughs> really? watch old Steve. I was waiting on him to yeah. clarify, but I hadn't seen him pop up yet. He's he's he's, he's probably uh, typing away as we speak. We got a couple of YouTube comments uh, from Moose McCollum asking what the payout is, and also so, what about electric motors? Yeah, electric motors are good. So payout structure, I'll run that down. Um, you know, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. We do have an actual, I think uh, Ken posted in our Facebook group, the, the Elite Kayak Fishing one, the actual breakdown. Uh, but what we're basically doing, so the entry fee is 125 um, uh, Based on a minimum of 50 anglers um, and up, um, Big Bass is going to be a straight 500 bucks. Um, right? It doesn't matter if there's 50 people or 150, we're paying 500 bucks to that. Um, five dollars we're keep we're holding back to do all our admin type of stuff i'll explain that in a second but 120 goes right to the pot like we're not it's a works out to be like a 96 percent payout right 
with um, with hopeful sponsored giveaways and stuff like that. When you add it in, it'll be back up over a hundred. But you know, when we we're talking about holding back the five per person, um, you know, we want to do some things that not everybody else out there is doing. Like we're we're we gotta pay right. We gotta pay somebody to judge the fish, right? I mean that that's that's a no brainer. But um, not a lot of trails out there are paying directors to run events, and you know, it's something that we want to try to do at, at a small extent, right? I mean people don't realize until they put on events, how much time it takes to do all this, how much time, um, you know, you spend answering questions and, and trying to get permits and all this other stuff, right. And five bucks isn't a whole lot of money, but are we going to get banners? We're going to get trophies. Um, you know, we, we want to kick back the director some based on participation and, you know, and, and the events and how they're run and how much work and effort that they put into these events. And, you know, it's not going to be a lot of money, but it's better than nothing, which is what most are getting now. Um, you know, but ourselves like we don't we don't want to profit off the anglers like i i'm taking no money out of pocket from the anglers out of this out of these fees ken isn't adam's not um none of this stuff is uh is anything that we want to profit from uh from through the anglers so yeah we got some folks sharing the the links i'm trying to thumb up on the screen here for everybody but uh yeah good stuff man i know uh, it sounds like the folks in the northeast are excited about it uh, yeah, I think um, when you looked at the payouts, I, when I looked at, and we ran it, right, we we're paying top 10%. So I think it's uh, like for 50 anglers, first place is just under two grand. I think it's 1925 bucks. And at um, I think at 150 anglers, first place is 4000 and change, you know, and then you get the big bass in there. So the payouts are decent. I mean, there's, you know, when you're putting all the money in the prize pool, they can't help but not be. Yep. So... You know, we saw on the on the original post, you guys are going with the the fish chaos app. Yep. For yep. for your management, what what kind of swayed you away from? Um, you had ran events on Tourney X previously, correct? The the events that you guys put on up there. Yeah. Um. You know, there was, man, it's a tough one. You know, we everyone out there loves Dwayne, right? You know, and and everything he's done for for everything that that's going on out there, but. Um, you know, we we are a KBF partner trail, right? Meaning we can give away KBF championship slots. We, for the most part, follow KBF rules, which are pretty much the standard anywhere. Um, and both, you know, my trail voted to to go with Fishing Chaos, and Ken's trails with Fishing Chaos. So, you know, we just felt like it made sense to uh, that we would roll this trail into it. Um, you know, there's there's some advantages to to Fishing Chaos where um, you know, when you're dealing with the kind of money that we're dealing with at this level, if we get 150 people thrown in 125 bucks, right? I mean, that's not, you know, like a local trail that's dealing with, you know, 1,100 bucks at a at a tournament. I mean, there's there's some real money there, and you know, one of the things that I like about it is when people pay for fishing chaos, the money stays right there and it stays into an account. So when it goes time to pay out, I can just withdraw that into a separate account have it out there and then dish the money out right there's not money that's going into my bank account or ken's bank account or adam's bank account it's just um it, it's held right there for everyone to to kind of see and and um you know it's it, you know that was an advantage for us um but you know it i don't know it, it's it's a hard thing to answer to be honest with you i, I struggle with it because of just my relationship with Dwayne. so that's the one thing i liked ryan and i had the uh, fishing chaos guy on here and talked about some of the features and that virtual wallet basically yeah uh, was a very nice feature so yeah and they, 
talking to them, they said they want to get to the point where everybody has their own virtual. So the members, right, you would have one, Ryan would have one. And when the event's over, you can literally just shoot the money right from your club account right to the people. And then they can either keep it there in their account to pay more entry fees or withdraw it. And to me, that's a that's a that's a huge draw, right, to, to not have to worry about cutting checks or sending money PayPal and paying fees or trying to avoid fees. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one less uh, one less thing to worry about. Pay in Bitcoin instead of cash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stock options. <laughs> so, yeah. what 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 does what comes with being a KBF partner? You mentioned a KBF partnership and and championship spots. I think about anybody give away a championship spot at this point. But what yeah. what, el- what else does that entail? The insurance, That's, is like. Yeah, you know, they help cover the insurance, right? By being the KBF partner, they cover they. Uh, you know, we have their, we're under their insurance policy. We're giving away the national championship slots. Um, and right now that's it. You know, I haven't had a whole lot of conversation. Chad knows that, you know, that we're doing this and, uh, you know, I've had conversation, you know, with him about it and he's all for it. Um, you know, but, but, you know, we're running this trail, right? Ken, myself and Adam, we're not, we don't call Chad for advice. We don't say, Hey, what are we doing? Right. We don't use their judges. We're not using any of their any of their stuff, right? But, you know, we've also partnered with the American Kayak Classic, I think is what they call it. The All-American? Uh, the All-American Kayak so, yeah, cool. you know, Yeah, so we'll be giving spots away, you know, from them as well. You know, we, you know, I, I've said it a lot, you know, through um, just, you know, leaving comments and stuff, but we really do just want to provide the anglers up here just more opportunity to fish if they want it, right? And, and so, you know, the more that we can work with other groups and other trails to give them that opportunity, if they want to go fish that Classic, then so be it. I got you. That's one thing that I know clubs will struggle with. Uh, Tennessee, Ryan, I know here in Arkansas, you know, they, here in Arkansas, none of the clubs are going to be KBF partners anymore. And I think it's because yeah. they're they're trying to find the value. I mean, KBF gets a lot of value out of it, obviously. Uh, but I guess the insurance can be costly, especially for larger events. Is that the main value for you guys sticking with them or just uh, is there some yeah. sort of marketing you know, potential it there? Is- there is. I mean, you know, um, I know w- when we had discussed doing this last year, um, uh, Joe with KBF, he had um, like dropped a link on their Facebook page to our partner trail. So, um, you know, the one that we were going to start last year. So he, they were going to link it. So if people were on the KBF site, you know, it, it could give some traffic to us as well. Um, it, you know, insurance is a big factor, but it's also, you know, the, the Northeast is is loyal to, to Chad and KBF up here because they have been the only ones you know, up until AJ now bringing Hobie Bass Open up to uh, up to Champlain in June, um, really they're the only ones that that would come up here, right? And so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of loyalty and a lot of, you know, and you know to to be to partner with them, you know, does help KBF, right? And KBF is being the only ones to come up here to support us. You know, we feel like we owe them that that respect and that due for um, for trusting in us and letting us have those events up here when when obviously the, the other trails at the time wouldn't do it. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a, a way that we can kind of repay them for coming up here and, and giving us the opportunity to fish those events. So. Clifton keeps asking about the fish and chaos thing. I think what he's wanting to know is basically did KBF make y'all switch for being partners? Oh God, no, no, this okay. is, like I said, we, when we set up this whole trail, we, we had no conversation with Chad about, you know, we just told him we were doing it and, um, you know, and, you know, cause he was pushing the whole partner thing and, and really wants to, um, you know, he, at the time it was when he was talking about stepping, stepping the events back, right. From the 40 plus down to eight to 10 and, and, 
you know, we really was hoping that partners would start working together to, to kind of do these regional trails. And, and um, you know, so we just, you know, we had conversations saying, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll go do the first one, right? And that was really the extent of it. And, um, you know, the, the only other conversation I've had with, with Chad about it was basically um, that if these events like Cayuga, let's say, really takes off is that, you know, this year's KBF event is going to be on Lake Candlewood in, uh, in, in Connecticut, um, world-class fishery for up this way. Um, and um, if let's say Cayuga this year, we get 140, 150 people at it, is that maybe next year we take our partner event and go to Candlewood and give KBF that event on, on Cayuga, right? Where it's almost like a minor league, if you want to call it for KBF to say, hey, these events in these areas are working well for the partner group. Let's work a deal where we can rotate, you know, rotate through and the KBF event can be at that, at one of those other partner sites. Let me ask you this. Do they come yeah. up? Do they, do they bring the show up there to y'all when they do those events? Um, like Chad, the whole crew. So last year they were supposed to, but, um, to come to Mesolonsky, actually Chad, Joe, Christy, all of them were coming up here. Um, but with the, um, actually Chad and Christy ended up with COVID. Um, so they ended up not, uh, making the trip up. Um, Chad has said that they are coming up to um, Candlewood for this year. Um, he's actually said he's going to go to every event this year, I think, or trying to. But he uh, he has said that he's coming up to uh, to Candlewood okay. this year. And I know that uh, before we came on, you talked about them cutting back uh, the trails up there. So y'all needed yeah. something. So this kind of fills that void, I guess, with the exactly, with the research, right? exactly. Yeah, and they finally did go with the less is more approach, which I think is good. Yeah, and I, and. Conversation agree you know and and um you know it's a lot of work like i said i mean just you know in general i couldn't imagine you know i, I know how busy i am just with my regular trail here and then working with the elite thing and, and we've got other people working with us with the elite right i mean there's three four of us working working this new trail and you know i couldn't imagine trying to coordinate and set up you know 50 events live events across the country i mean that'd be a nightmare yeah. yeah, but if you're if you're doing it for a living, then it's definitely going to be less of a nightmare because that's your job. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're probably going to run as many and get as many affiliate clubs to run tournaments for you that you're still going right. to profit off of. So that probably balance yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess that, that was my question because I know uh, I've had discussions with Ryan here in Arkansas. We've had a few folks, you know, get a little bent because they did all the legwork, ran the ran right. the tournament, and got none of the uh, none of the bennies after the fact as a as a, Steve as a group. man. Steve-O ran yeah. a 166 angler tournament on Gunnersville, turned around three weeks later, ran a 125-event uh, deal on Chickamauga, and uh, all I can remember getting was thrown under the bus at uh, yeah. a couple of those. We're so. Yeah, we're talking about – yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, didn't, you know. I, I definitely did not have that same uh, same experience myself just with the events that I ran up here. But, uh, but you know – you know, I don't know. I can't. I can't obviously comment on the the sure, Steve-O sure. stuff. I, don't stuff I didn't know about, but yeah, but, I don't uh, get. Yeah. Don't, so we don't get so, off in the weeds too much. But that's you know, yeah. solid questions when you when you're talking about affiliates. Same question yeah. I have for Josh and Tyler when uh, the All American. I think they did a partner event up there, and I was excited to see that All American because I wanted it to. You know, I love standalone events. I don't like. Right. They, for for events to get mucked up with with you know it's it's our yep. event but we have these other two or three things going on at the same time and, yeah and all that. but I understand you know every club is its own club and, and and you know they see the benefits and the value uh, for themselves and, and and make those decisions but I right. think what y'all are doing is awesome I think the regional series are there's too many local series in some states especially right but the regional series are kind of a newer thing uh, you know you got the all American series you guys are doing a series. I think there's a mid-atlantic series 
Uh, yep. The Wild West Bass Trail has that thing out west. So those regional series are big because it's kind of an in-between to locals and yeah. you know, stuff like the BOS. Yeah, I do sometimes think that there's there's too many, right, of the local trails. I think, you know, it's, it's hard, though. Like, I get it. Like, Maine, it doesn't look very big. But, man, I mean, to, I mean, it takes a – there's a lot of territory up here, right? And, you know, the, the trail I have, we're more in, like uh, – in central, I guess, located, I guess, um, if you want to call it Augusta, it's about two hours up the coast, um, from the New Hampshire border. And it's, you know, probably halfway to Canada, right up the coast. But, um, but you know, there's people that, you know, would like to fish with us, but they're three and a half, four hours away for a local trail where you're, you know, got a, you know, $50 entry fee and, you know, first place is 400 bucks and you're looking at, you know, or whatever the works out to be. So, you know, that's a lot of commitment, you know, six hours round trip and fishing for eight hours for, for, for a little bit of money. Right. So, um, you know, there, there is another, I think Slay Nation is starting a trail, you know, up in Maine. Um, but you know, I, you know, even though I think sometimes there's, there's too many, I am, I'll help anybody. Like I, even though that guy's starting the trail, he's probably an hour and 45 minutes from me or so. Um, you know, I message the guy, I help him out. I tell him what he needs to do for permits. I've told him yeah, any questions on running your series, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to help you. You know, it, and, and, you know, that's not just like fluff stuff. I just, I want people to get out and fish and I don't want to see, you know, I don't know. There's, there's nothing more demoralizing since, you know, I'm used, you know, I started fishing in those six to eight person events than fishing in a six to eight person event. And, you know, you got one guy that wins and takes home some money and six guys that don't get anything. So, you know, if, if I can help help somebody else and that's further away from me or even right next door, if they think they can do something better, I'll, I'd be more than happy to help somebody. But, and that's but, the trick is, is you see when you get multiple trails and competition, whoever does it better, they're usually the ones that had it longevity and the success. And you right. see that gravitation of anglers move from, from one to the other. And, I mean, you know, it's usually a pretty clear – clear magnetism there right yeah some places you know when you're looking at new york i mean new york's huge i mean there's so many people there and um you know you couldn't possibly get everybody from all those clubs fishing you know if there was just one club fishing on one body of water i mean there's just too many people where did the uh, name come from that was the question that was posted yeah. what what where, yeah, what's so, elite what are we doing elite up there you know i think i mentioned it in one of the comments before i you know when when they when the, it was posted but don't read really, you know, don't read too much into that. It's, you know, we, it's hard coming up with a name, right? To name a series, you know, everything's out there. We, we came up with like, we, we probably sat around, um, you know, for hours trying to figure something out. And I mean, it was just, you'd, we had one name and I think it was a really good one. And we looked and come to find out there was some defunct trail that already had a website and everything that was already up. And we just kept going and going and we just, you know, trying to get three anglers to agree on anything is almost impossible. So, you know, we had all these names and then we came up with, you know, I don't remember even who or how, but we came up with the, with elite kayak fishing and we just said, let's run with it. And that's, uh, that's really just kind of, kind of it. There was nothing, right. nothing really, no, nothing fun or exciting or cool about it. Just, uh, just something that worked. If bass starts the elites in kayak fishing, they're going to have to buy the name from you. There you oh, go. that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, the everything's deal. for sale. The uh, KFL, Ryan, uh, the Kayak Fishing League, that there was actually a predecessor to that in Texas called the Kayak Fishing League. That was Cody Prather's original baby. Uh, so that website name is also taken, which I'm sure the I KFL knew Cody was Prather probably. was behind this traveling team circuit. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't at all the same. But they own, I'm, I think they or somebody down there still owns a website to that. So uh, they probably ran into that too over there at the, the pro side, the pro league. 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of people asking about the gatherings in 21. Ryan and I have talked about that on about every every show we've done the last few weeks is what's it going to look like for the hangout part of yeah. these tournaments in 21. I mean, we just don't know I, yet. Yeah, don't know yet. I know for right now, I mean, my, you know, our our state is over the top cautious, you know, and, and I think that was one of the things that I think got you and I talking, Jeff, the other day was, you know, just commenting on that stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, I have an extremely high risk son myself um, mm -hmm. and I was been sick for like three and a half weeks. And um, and so I was living in this small room in, in my house for, for four weeks. But our governor is like, uh, you know, we have a, even if we're outside walking downtown, we, everyone has to wear a mask like at all times out in public or or anywhere. If you're in your own house, house, you're fine. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we couldn't. Last year, when we first started out, we had to actually do our events where we had to launch in waves. So we'd have like three people at a launch at the launch, and they'd push off and go. And 15 minutes later, three more could go down and push off. And we'd have to we'd come back. We'd alternate at 15 minutes on the return. So if you left at six and came back at two, the next people launched at 6:15 and came back at 2:15. I mean, it was a mess. But did you did y'all draw boat numbers or what? How'd you do that? No, we just well, actually, some guys like to launch late and some like to launch early. And That's so right. I just. We would just put it up on the yes. page and I'd say, hey, who do you want, you know, who wants to launch when and what if people didn't care, then we just filled them into the spots. And that's really how we did it. And um, we never really had issues. You know, people just kind of picked a time spot and ran with it. And those ones that didn't care, I just filled in, filled into the slots. But once um, once summer hit and the cases really started came, coming down, they let us start having events and gathered. And when we were at um, Snow Pond for the Mesolonsky event, we, you know, we had to stay outside and you know, for the most part, everyone was outside, but um, we all had cabins there and we, you know, we had an award ceremony. We just stayed six feet apart and wore masks, but, but we were allowed to gather, but who knows what's going to happen when we hit Cayuga in May and, and some of these other places, you know, the plan right now, if we have to, is we'll just kind of do a virtual type of award, but um, you know, not really a whole lot of fun doing that, but there's no COVID at big gyms on Lake Seminole. If anybody wants to come talk to Jim, nice. COVID free, come on down. As close as you want to, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we've already got a spot. We've already got a spot for Winnipesaukee that we're looking to rent, and um, you know, it's the same spot we rented before. It's like a big hall, and you know, we're talking to Justin uh, Hosner in in New York about that, and I got Brian Ballsler in uh, New York working on the Champlain event site. So we're going forward with with trying to secure locations and sites for to actually have it, and then you know, we'll just uh, have to adjust if we have to. You know, uh, ideas for non-endemic sponsors for 21, guys ought to be going after UV-like companies. <laughs> You'd strap them on your forehead and everybody could get yeah. together and everybody be all right. Bacteria pills, everybody could just take one every Sunday yeah. and, and be fine and you wouldn't catch the COVID anyway. Yeah. Josh Smith, he's gearing up for it. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, Josh was excited for it, man. He was messaging me at least like probably every three weeks. Get any more details, any more details? So he's, uh, he's pretty excited. Josh is hilarious. We need to have him on here he one is. night, right? He's a good dude. I've been on oh, his show man. a few times. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to go they're... restock the refreshments if we're going to have him on here. <laughs> FCC might come after us, but it'll be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Water. Can... Go check out Dark Water. Dark Waters if you hadn't yet. He's a good follow on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere Can else. we pre-record it so we can edit edit things out just in case? Nah. <laughs> Hell, we had Clifton and Benetti on here. We can have Josh on. All right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
They're asking for it. The crowd's asking for it already, Mark. The invite's out, the crowd. The crowd, Mark. Yeah, I count that as the crowd. That's fake news. Oh, man. Oh, he wants nothing to do with the cesspool. Screw you, Josh. Everybody go Everybody go and follow Dark Waters right now. All four of y'all go and follow oh, yeah, Dark Waters. I was just going right to say now. that. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's awesome. All right, any more questions from the crowd before we get out of here? Uh, it's been a good – Good time tonight. We've had a lot of people on. You Northeast yeah. folks show up, man. You say Northeast, people show up. They do, man. And that's what, you know, Ken's group especially, man, those guys travel in packs. They'll get, you know, the first time I went down and I stayed with those guys, I mean, they, they'll get 15, 16 guys. They all convoy down together or try to. I mean, you know, the last time I went, there was like five cars and we were all just traveling down through. And, um, you know, it's uh, we're starting to get, even in Maine, I mean, most of a lot of my people just don't travel, but, you know, we were looking to go to Lake Murray, and I think we got like eight or nine of our guys going down. So, you know, we uh, we travel in packs. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, I did want to say one thing to you. Yeah. Give, give you a shot, chance. One thing. One thing. Give you <laughs> one a chance. Thing. Give you a chance to shout out the anglers that you feel deserve to be in that KBN ranking that came oh. out. Because I know that Northeast yeah. felt slotted. All right. So so give, us, give, us, give us your list from up north. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think Conant, for one, um, you know, trail championships the challenge championship he finished i think there was other trail events where he finished fourth um you know won the national championship uh brundle everywhere he goes he's finishing in the top um you know kenwood once again you know i think you know everywhere he goes he's he's winning events for the most part i think uh you know over, especially over the last two years but uh and then um you know I'd probably say at least those top three, those three guys alone. Um, you know, one guy, and I know I talked to you and, you know, not really Northeast, but was really just kind of shocked he wasn't there was Casey Reed. You know, um, you know Casey, uh, you know, I know any event that I've ever been to when I know Casey's fishing it, you know, I always expect him to be right near the top and it's usually where he finishes. So Casey's my guy. He's an old town teammate. So, you know, there's yeah, no yeah. home cooking. I didn't, I didn't cook the books and slide him in there. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I think those three, I think those three at, at at, at a minimum, does, you know, I think there's an argument for those guys to be up there. Yeah. And next year, I'll try to refine it a little bit if we can get some more events in there. It was just tough this year finding those national events. It was not a slight to those guys. Yeah. Same thing for the guys on the West Coast. wasn't a slight to anybody out there. We know those folks yeah, yeah. can catch them. So. I get it. I get it. I just like to, you know, sometimes uh, stick my nose out. People are probably tired of hearing yeah. it. Uh, you no, know, there right. something there, I always like to prime up, right? Thanks, you know, the Northeast guys. It's uh, just can't help it. I think I put the, threw the gif up there. It gets the people going. Yeah, 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 exactly. It That's does. That's the whole deal. It gets people talking. Yep. It's people talking. Um, what else you got, Ryan? You got anything else you want to talk about before we go, man? I think that's it, man. I don't know. I, in, in my mental checklist, which is completely blank, I think I covered everything. Yeah. It's been a good time, man. 2020 yeah. was awesome. 21, 21 off to a good start, man. We appreciate you taking the time to come on here with us. Hey, thanks good for time. having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Anything else you want to shout out before we jump off? Hell no, it's like an hour and a half past my bedtime. I'm old, I feel that. Man. I, get, I feel that. Late. My wife's going to be pissed because I always go to bed at like 8 o'clock telling her I can't stay up late. Now here I am talking fish until 9.30 in the morning, uh, 9.30 at night. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll do one next week, Ryan. What time's that football game? I can't be on here while the Buckeyes are playing. Is a football game? Yeah, Jesus the Buckeyes ain't going to be playing in it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm just hoping to keep. Maybe we can. Uh, I can have it on while we have the show. That'd be, that'd be colorful. <laughs> a live stream yeah. of commentary. Yeah, I'm sure. You'll I'm just sure you'll do all the questions, and I'll just stare at the television and scream while we're while we're doing it. 
But uh, no, nah, man, good times tonight. Appreciate you doing it. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Try to get you another yeah. guest rustled up for the next week or two. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. If we don't see you guys next week, it's because of Jeff's football game. That's right. My fault. Sorry. Go Bucks. Have a good night, guys. We're gone. All right. See y'all.